as soon as we have to acknowledge this space, there's this feeling that is so important that we recognize, and that is that feeling of loss and grief. So when it comes to family gatherings, I do think it's important to allow yourself to feel sad, to feel let down in terms of you not having the family that you wished for. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hey, podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning into another episode here on the podcast As you know, if you are tuning in when this is released, we are approaching another holiday season and one of the most common challenges that show up for people is around family gatherings. And when I polled my community on Instagram, 46% of you said, okay, negative versus okay, positive in terms of your feelings around family gatherings. And that for 86% of you who said you have negative feelings, those negative feelings are more related to the things that are outside of your control. So today let's talk about some of those things. And I hope you can walk away with identifying the things that you can and cannot control being able to move towards conscious choosing towards what you need so that you can be aligned and show up authentically for yourself and not abandon yourself. That, that's the topic of the theme for this podcast season so that you can show up authentically for the holidays as well as how you and your partner can be a united front. What shows up for you around holidays? I had so many different responses and there were a few general themes. The theme would be your own feelings about other people's actions or what they do. So some people feel like they're they're being judged or that other people don't like them. There were also comments around other people's view of you and their view of your choices and making negative comments about you. Several of you shared that the other people, like whether it's your mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, are toxic and that maybe you feel controlled or they talk about issues that do not feel good for you. There was a great sense of overwhelm that people experience. And then this last one was a really big one, which is that they don't respect my boundaries. Let's pause there and talk about that. When it comes to our boundaries, I think sometimes what we get stuck in is we think that other people must respect our boundaries. And the way I view boundaries, and I talk about this in my two webinars that I have with Dr. Morgan Cutlip around helping you learn to set those healthy boundaries, which is that there is an invisible line between you and I. And that invisible line is where I end and you begin. 
And as soon as I'm talking about whether you're respecting my boundaries or not, that is when I'm talking about something that is outside of my control. But what's behind that line and what is within my control are my own thoughts and feelings, my opinions, my values, my needs, and how I communicate them as well as how I hold my boundary and respect it. I'm sure many of you have heard the expression that if you are not respecting your boundaries, then you cannot expect other people to hold your boundaries as well. So the first piece we must do is we must ask ourselves, when I show up into these family gatherings, am I respecting my own boundaries? For example, when your mother-in-law brings up the conversation around baby sleep, or whether you're back to work, or if you're still nursing your baby, do you engage in that conversation? And is that a choice that you want to do? Is that a conversation you want to have with that individual? And if not, what ends up happening? Do you end up going into it? And when you go into it, do you start explaining to your mother-in-law all of the reasons why you do the things you do? And as soon as you do that, you've actually lost your boundary. You aren't holding your boundary. Or do you up the ante and start criticizing her for saying these things and asking these questions? And again, there's another example of you not holding your boundary of saying, I'm not willing to talk about this with you. So it's really important for us that when it comes to boundaries, we look at not just what the other person is doing, but we also look inward and we look to see what is it that I'm doing in these situations to be able to hold a boundary. Now, many people will ask me, how do I set this boundary? What do I say? And again, so if, for example, let's stay with this situation with your mother-in-law around you're still nursing your baby, you might say something like, I know how much you love being grandma and this time is special for everybody and how I feed my baby is not something I'm willing to talk about. And you'll notice that in that example, I don't actually use the word boundary. So when I'm speaking with others and I'm communicating my needs, which essentially is the boundary, a boundary is I'm communicating my needs while I'm being respectful to you and respectful to myself. That's assertive communication. When I do this, I'm not saying to someone, you've crossed my boundary. How dare you ask me about this? I'm also not using the word boundary. And I'm also being really clear on what I'm doing moving forward. And then, of course, when it comes to other people not respecting our boundaries, it always comes back to us having to decide what the follow-up is. For example, if your mother-in-law says, oh, you know I just like to talk about this. You know I'm really supportive. You might say, yes, I know that's something that I love about you, and it's not something that I'm willing to talk about right now. So here, what you're doing is you're again communicating the boundary and you're not having to over-explain yourself or to give all of the reasons why this is something that's important to you. I think one of the things that we bump up against when it comes to family gatherings are our own expectations, needs, and wishes. And I think as human as it is, we bump up against this desire to have our families be a certain way. Whether when you married your partner, you had hoped that their family would be a certain way, perhaps offering another caregiver relationship to feel nurtured and supported and that didn't turn out that way, or starting to recognize as you've grown into being an adult that your own parents are not able to show up with you the way that you had hoped for and needed. And this comes with a lot of the internal healing work that people are doing. And so when it comes to family gatherings, I think when we're preparing to go into them, one of the things that is so important is to acknowledge that we had these expectations and that we had these hopes of who our family could be. 
And we also must acknowledge that this is not possible because we cannot control or change other people. As soon as we have to acknowledge this space, there's this feeling that is so important that we recognize, and that is that feeling of loss and grief. So when it comes to family gatherings, I do think it's important to allow yourself to feel sad, to feel let down in terms of you not having the family that you wished for. And that instead of showing up to those feelings with a really harsh and critical view of just suck it up, how could you expect more, or even shaming yourself, like, oh, this is about you, your expectations are so much. Instead of going into that space, I would offer a space of compassion for you, which is how human it is to wish that your family would support you more. You are having a normal human struggle and that this is incredibly hard and that instead of beating yourself up, maybe there's this part of you that could be kind to you and compassionate just like you would to a dear friend. One of the most powerful things that I offer to the clients I work with is that when it comes to looking at our lost expectations and hopes for in our family is that we see that there is a hole in our heart of where we hoped that our family would be. And that by seeing this hole, we acknowledge that we can't change other people and we can't change the whole. But what we can do is we can see that we have other people who fill up the other parts of our heart and that we can create meaning and connection with those people in the space where we had hoped that our own family would be. One of the things that really stood out for me in the community when I polled you about showing up to family gatherings is just how important it is for you to be able to show up aligned with what's meaningful to you. And the responses also show that oftentimes we show up to our hard thoughts and feelings and listen to those more and then also choose our actions or maybe reactions based on that space. I heard from so many people there was a space of fear, anxiety, and sadness. And the thoughts sounded like, they're going to disapprove of me. They're going to judge me. They'll criticize me. They argue with me. They're selfish. And also this fear of failure. What we do with these hard thoughts and feelings is that we start to listen to them. We start to buy into them. And we believe them to be true. And so when this happens, what we notice from ourselves is possibly us starting to act in misalignment or not being attuned with our values. So that might be something like self-abandoning. What that looks like is maybe you say yes to an event when really you wanted to say no, or you say yes to a serving of food that you didn't want on your plate, or you say yes to engaging in a conversation just because you hope that your family isn't going to disapprove or judge of you. Or maybe there's this fear of failing that you end up hiding yourself when you are at that family gathering. Or maybe you even push yourself to achieve lots that you can show up in a certain way at that family gathering. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. 
Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash inys and get the care that you need today. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. I just finished watching Turning Red from Pixar this past weekend, and it was so powerful when May May decided to say to her mother, I don't want to be perfect anymore. I want to do things that are aligned with me and who I am. And what she was doing in that moment was she was noticing the discomfort that she was feeling about this fear of failing or fear of upsetting her mother and then also choosing to do something that really matters to her and how she wanted to grow and show up in the world. And so oftentimes what we need to do first is we need to be able to acknowledge that we have these hard thoughts and feelings. And while those are normal and common, we always get to make a choice of how we show up to those hard thoughts and feelings. Am I going to choose what's comfortable and familiar by saying yes to whatever conversation? Or am I going to ask myself what really matters for me in terms of how I show up here And what small action can I put into place in terms of moving me forward towards that thing? Sometimes that small action that you can put into place is around a self-boundary. So earlier I talked about a boundary, but this is a boundary with yourself. 
And these things can be smaller and also can be used when you're not able to hold the boundary with somebody else. And I can think, for example, that this would be really important for someone, I get these messages all the time, well, it's not my cultural experience, but for other people, that how important family is in the sense that you are not able to set boundaries and you're expected to show up and behave a certain way. And so sometimes what we need to do is when we're choosing to show up aligned for ourselves, it means I'm going to hold a self-boundary, which might look like choosing my bedtime and not losing the time I go to sleep. Or it might be about taking a step away when a difficult conversation comes up. So if we're not going to set the boundary and tell someone we're not going to talk about that, then perhaps we excuse ourselves to the bathroom and we can go and splash cold water on our face. Or one of the most powerful self-boundaries you can do is imagine wrapping yourself in bubble wrap and saying to yourself, I am not going to absorb others' opinions about me. These are the things that you get to choose. And while you cannot control what it is that other people do or say, you get to choose what you do with that afterwards. Since you can't control other people, I asked you how you wanted to show up at family gatherings. And it was such a beautiful response to see so many of you saying, I didn't want to feel resentful. I wanted to be open-minded, but prepared. And I also want to show up authentic, which means that I could allow myself to be calm, to be excited, and also to make choices for myself. That preparation piece can be incredibly important. Likely what you know about your family to be true is that they're going to behave in a certain way. Likely you have been in a situation several times where your mother-in-law or your parents have said the same comment in a different way. And so preparing ourselves can be really important. Practice setting the boundary or self-boundary at home. Remember that boundaries are skills. This is not something that comes easy for many of us, and it is something that is an ever going, ongoing growth process. So prepare yourself for how that difficult conversation is going to come up and envision for yourself what you hope to do in that moment. Do you hope to walk away? Do you say, I'm not going to talk about that? Do you maybe change the topic? Now, when you're in that hard moment, what I want you to practice is learning how to pause. And this is It's something that we as therapists talk about all the time, and yet it's also one of the hardest things that we can do and the most powerful. What you're doing in that pause is you're asking yourself, what's being triggered right here? What am I noticing? What can I acknowledge? And you're allowing yourself to choose in that moment. One of the things I like to do is to start acknowledging where does my nervous system go during this time? And if you can acknowledge that you've gone into a sympathetic state, this is something that I'm teaching in my masterclass on the polyvagal theory and how you can respond to stress that's in my membership and be connected. But you can say, am I in a sympathetic state here? Am I in a dorsal shutdown space here? And what do I need to do to help myself get into a more calm state? That might be you walking to the washroom and splashing yourself with cold water. Squeezing an ice cube is a go-to strategy. Or slowly taking a sip of your tea and noticing how the cup feels in your hand. Noticing the, the tea go down, all of the parts where it's warming your stomach. And allowing yourself to take some nice, slow, deep breaths. And then what's important is once you can step back from this, you get to choose. You get to choose what you do in that moment. Now, post-visit, what do you do to protect yourself? 
Do you and your loved one or do you call a friend after? Do you vent about what just happened in your family? And does that serve you? Maybe the question is about asking yourself, what would feel good after this kind of event? Is it venting as a release? Because for many people, venting doesn't release what it is that they're experiencing. Sometimes they need to go for a run or they need to journal or they need to have a cold shower. So ask yourself if venting afterwards is actually helping you. Okay, this last piece I want to talk about is how you and your partner can be a united friend in terms of visiting family. So remember that you and your partner are your own family first, which means that you want to look after each other and you want to find a way to stay connected throughout the family event. For some people, this might be through eye contact, through physical affection, through sitting with each other, or also just protecting the other person by not poking fun at each other. One of the things that can also be helpful is for you and your partner to spend some time preparing before the family event. Do you and your partner talk about the potential conflict that you know is likely going to happen? Can you talk about what your expectations are ahead of time? And can you also make a plan before moving towards the family event so that you know what's going to happen? Maybe you also plan together when you're going to leave the room to regroup together And decide on those limits ahead of time. Decide on who is going to set the boundary and what that looks like for you and your partnership. And I want to remind you that in your partner's family, that they had a dynamic that already existed before you came along. And so if you notice that your partner is struggling to set boundaries, I want to emphasize that everybody is on their own journey with this work, and that it might take your partner a little bit longer to get to that place where they feel comfortable setting boundaries with their family. That being said, it is important that you and your partner find a mutual space together so that you can both feel good at family events. All right, let's wrap up here. Let's talk about three things that you can be doing going into this holiday season. One, acknowledge what you can and can't control. Boundaries are about you holding the line and acknowledging that you can't control whether someone respects your boundary. Only you can hold that respect and to act on it and to maintain the boundary. Two, practice conscious choosing towards what matters in your life. Are you being driven by fear, by hard thoughts and feelings? And are you acting from a place of those hard thoughts and feelings? And if you are, practice just noticing that this is where you step into and make the decision ahead of time. How do I want to show up? What things do I want to practice during this holiday visit? Could it even be practicing a no towards one simple thing or towards ending a conversation when it doesn't feel good or excusing yourself from the room? Three, practice being a united friend with your partner. Have those conversations ahead of time so that you and your partner can both feel good showing up as the family unit that you are together. Are you looking for scripts to help you in your relationship? Or maybe you're looking to improve your communication and to stop having the same fight over and over again. Or maybe you're approaching a big change coming up, whether it's having a baby or getting married or something else significant happening. 
If you're ready to try something different in your relationship, join me in my online program, Be Connected. My program gives you 12 core lessons plus masterclasses to help you learn the skills and tools that I teach my clients in my office every single day. I also offer monthly Q&A sessions where I answer your questions. I send you weekly emails to keep you on track with small exercises to nurture your connection and so much more. Visit me at drtracyd.mykajabi.com forward slash join or the link is in the show notes. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. Until next time, take good care of you and remember you are right where you need to be. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.